Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo mild hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid Technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Welcome to the Bobby Plan Podcast. <laughs> it's a big way indeed. Five ways indeed this week. Uh, it's Palace 1 5 1 at Leeds. This is pod 468. Uh, we're delighted this week to be sponsored by our friends again at Eternity Home Finance. So, Croydon based Palace supporting family run mortgage and protection advisors. From getting on the property ladder to planning your retirement, email info at eternityhomefinance.com for a free consultation quoting the code FYP. Uh, and joining me on this week's pod, Amy Latter is here. Amy, how are you doing? Hello. All good, thank you. Very good. Yes, it's uh, it's an upbeat pod this week. Great to Absolutely. have you back on. Thank uh, you. Jack Pierce is here. Jack, how are you? Fresh from a weekend in uh, in Portsmouth where I watched the game. I have been bar- uh, barred from the establishment where I watched the game. Um, but did get talking to a local whose neighbour, Joel Ward, was page boy at wedding. That in those words, that's a terrible sentence, but those words you can put it together, listener. Wow. So I got talking to a local, um, and there you go. It, when it, when in Portsmouth, you know, you're gonna bump into someone, Joe Ward, he's the that mayor is, of the town, isn't he, or something? That anecdote ticks all your boxes. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think I was far enough away from Joe Ward physically to still be, you know, within limits of the restraining order, but you know, it's it's all good. But now but yeah. where he lives, yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, strictly speaking, not actually from Portsmouth, I believe. Um, from anyone saying too much. Move on, please, Jim. <laughs> Fraud. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't going to play for having a Waterlooville, was he? He was, you know. <laughs> uh, right, and also joining us, man of the hour, the man that gave Roy Hodgson his team talk on Sunday, it's Joe Walker. Joe, how are you? Welcome to the pod. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm better now. The, the, the extent of the inspiration... I mean, if, if if it worked, it worked. So I'll, I'll take as much credit as willing to give. I'll um, offer some more clumsy praise this week if they need it. Um, I'll, I'll, I guess I'm going to have to upgrade from comfy old shoe to something like a comfy old dinner jacket or something like that. You know, it's good. the quality of garments is going to have to go up yeah. each each week. Do you think Roy if, would have liked that? Do you think Roy would have preferred to be called a comfy dinner jacket? Well, I don't know. I think, but yeah. I've, I, it would be like, well, I, I don't, I don't eat big dinners. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I haven't got time for dinners. Yeah, really resent, I really <laughs> resent the implication. The destruction of Leeds United. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
Jim and I uh, talked, Joe, we, we talked whether you could, between now and the end of the season, describe Roy as every um, character from Monopoly. Whether, you know, <laughs> you've, you've gone with the comfy boot, you know, maybe top the hat. thimble this week, I don't know. Top hat. Yeah. Top hat. Maybe that's more in line with Joe's original idea. Maybe top dog. Yeah, so, you know, he's a... Well, he's got a bit of bite to him now. He's, you know, he's that little, little Scotty dog now. Yeah. Terrier. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There we go. That is lovely. I'm going to listen. In case anyone's not aware, unaware of what we're talking about, <laughs> last week on the pod, Joe called, in a very positive and loving way, uh, Roy, a com- pair, uh, well, a comfy old shoe. And then it, as part of Sky's build up to the game, the Sky reporter asked Roy this. She very kindly left out the word old and um, subquoted it as, Comfy pair of shoes. Uh, Roy, this is what basically this is Joe's audio, and this is Roy's response from Sky Sports. Um, I was going to ask you though, Joe, just what was it like seeing Roy back on the touchline? But yeah, no, it all just seemed to feel like a uh, like a comfy old shoe again, and <laughs> but in a in a positive way. I think maybe the maybe the result influenced that. I actually, heard you described as a comfy pair of shoes at Palace this week, which you may or may not enjoy that. No. But um, you know, just that ability to just seamlessly come back in. Yeah, it's like balance, isn't it? You know, the fact is that it can even be a little bit irritating that having forty-six years of a career with the enormous success I had, and that now being relegated to well, he's a comfy pair of shoes. I mean, if I if I honestly thought that was it. If I thought that the, all I could offer a club that wants me to come in and do a very important job, all I could offer them is being a comfy pair of shoes. What, I'm, I'd I, have, I would definitely have retired a long time ago. <laughs> I think I'm here because I'm actually quite good at the job. And luckily, Crystal Palace, who saw me working for I mean, four years, had reassuring, the same so I think when the person was talking, it was in a reassuring sort of yeah. way. The way that Chelsea fans found it almost reassuring to see Frank yeah. in a Chelsea kit. Palace fans felt reassured to see you back in the dugout at Palace with where they are at the moment. Well, that's nice to know if that's the case. Um, Joe, how did you feel when you saw that pop up? <laughs> oh, my my jaw dropped because I could see... the Because the, he so immediately takes it in the wrong spirit. And I thought, oh, no. Like, I, 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 I don't want to make a 75-year-old man feel like he has to justify his employment, his existence. I just, I just, I'm like, what have I created here? The reporter, bless her, does really well in the moment to go, no, 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 I, trying to reassure him is actually meant in this context. And he does sort of, you know, dial it back a bit, Roy, but you can't unfeel something. And I, I, you can see he was still quite snappy about it. And I, I, I'm just glad she didn't say my name, to be honest, because... <laughs> It was worried about a, a, a ban from Sellers or Joe or, Walker, row twenty five, yeah, thirty eight. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe's email to renew season tickets being rescinded. Yeah, <laughs> it's no longer in his inbox if he goes to check it now. No, I'm going to get a visit from Ray Lewin in his shorts, just <laughs> kicking my kicking my head in. Um, yeah, the, you could tell the reporter like had to really could tell. She thought it immediately. Oh no, this is this has gone downhill like really really quickly. Yeah, um, but actually, it was it was said with love. Um, and I, I hope that Roy, I mean, I actually don't think Roy is the sort of person that pays too much attention to what sort of fans say or think anyway. So I don't think he's, he's that fussed, but, uh, I, I hopefully we've put, we've put out a few things on Twitter and you have as well. And hopefully it gets back to the club that it was, it was said with love. Um, yeah. and in fact, Amy, his return couldn't have gone better. And I think even the most ardent of anti-Roy person, maybe three weeks ago, can't now help, but 
be loving having him back, surely? No. I've seen a lot of um, retractions, if you like, on social media the last couple of days. And look, I think the reactions were fair when it was a bit underwhelming and a bit concerning, given how it ended with him. But, you know, we can only judge what we're seeing. And the last two games have been, well, exceeded expectations, haven't they? I don't know what he's done or how he's lifted them the way he has. Well, no, I've got a couple of ideas, actually. But yeah, it's um, it's amazing. I'm thrilled for him. Because even I was, when when I when we, when we it was announced, even I was a bit deflated. And I'm pretty pro-Roy, pro always have been, um, to a certain extent. Um, but even I was a bit like, oh, gosh, this is a step backwards. This doesn't look great. Like, this, this could be a problem. But I was, oh, as Wilf would say, buzzing. <laughs> buzzing i'm so pleased for him because he's just so cute i just want to see him do well all the time give us your thoughts then or you just you just touched on there why what you think he's done um we've had quite a few questions this week about does that uh, howard j Sewell, hi howard has said does this vindicate Vieira being sat and hodgson being appointed I, I would like to sort of maybe try and move away from the Vieira. i think we've done a lot of the Vieira stuff and that yeah i think we did sort of close the chapter on that and we yeah. are now in this 10 game or i guess now eight game window um but i think even the turnaround is quicker than people would have expected what 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 are your thoughts on what he may have done then i think so i mean and to really cap off Fiera because it is pretty relevant i think the difference there has been a couple of the relationships that look like they may have been lost and he's come in and maybe uplifted a few of those um there's some obvious ones that we'll probably go into later um but other than that i think he's gone back to basics really and it's someone put it perfectly he's put square pegs in square holes whereas Vieira was trying to do the opposite it felt like at times anyway and the last thing on Vieira i promise there was a tweet someone had pointed out i don't know if this is correct so we might need some fact check in here but that midfield that played yesterday Vieira played it twice in 32 games and interestingly, we won both times. And you kind of think, oh, really? How frustrating. Um, but yeah, I think he's just, he's just, he's gone back to basics a bit. He's put players in the positions where it feels they're natural. And someone isn't on the bench. Now, I, I'm going to go back in a minute to some, uh, sorry, to, to, I feel I'm hammering Joe, some shoe 11 puns because we asked our listeners, and I was so many. Go back to mid minute. Before I do that, I just want to pick up on what Amy said there, Jack, because I got um, uh, saw a fellow dad here who's a Southampton fan uh, took our kids to the to playground today. He's obviously not enjoying life at all. But he said to me during the week, amazing what Palace can do when they get their players to run forward with the ball and attack. And he then used the phrase, and I've never heard this, but I think it's absolutely bang on. He said Vieira was trying to play um, Rolls-Royce football with Lamborghinis. So essentially <laughs> trying to play pretty football with cars, you know, rather than a car that you want to sort of like amble along in, a car that wants to go fast. Now, that's a very simplified version, but it's similar to what Amy's saying about square pegs and square holes. Sounds like that guy knows about as much as, about cars as I do. So that sounds uh, pretty good. Um, yes, yeah, a fair point. He, I think Amy's just nailed it there. You know, let, let's say his name out loud. He's had breach as I think the, the key um, for the last two games has been that Roy is playing a player that Patrick Vieira had at his disposal, but he's coaching him outside of games and managing him during games in a way that Patrick Vieira wasn't. And we're seeing the benefits of that change of management. You know, I've listened to Selzy on, on the most recent 
post-match pod, which was excellent insight. And then you get a sense that there is a different feeling um, in and around Copa's Cope. Um, and we're seeing that on the on the pitch. Um, so I think, yeah, your, your friend is right that he's, you know, playing, and Amy's right, playing players in the right places and, and playing the type of football that suits the players that he's got at his disposal. Um, but I do think, and we don't need to labour on the Vieira point, we've, we've talked about Patrick Vieira enough and we'll reflect on that come the end of the season again, I'm sure. But I think it's the change of dynamic at Copa's Cope with Roy, with Ray, with Paddy McCarthy coming in. Um, that is the kind of influence in the change of direction and the improvement in performances and the improvement of results. That's as simple as that. I don't think, I think Roy would probably say that he hasn't done that much. He, he hasn't had a chance to do that much. He's only been there three and a half weeks. He hasn't had a transfer window. He's just using the tools at his disposal differently than Patrick Vieira was using them when he had them at his disposal. Yeah. And it, and it was Joe. It, I mean, we know this run of games is obviously slightly easier than uh, than the previous run up until Fiera's sacking, essentially. Um, but this was quite a big game. And in fact, actually, for the first 20 minutes or so, Palace didn't actually look uh, at the races much. And Leeds were very attacking. Leeds, sort of, they seem to play this really high-energy, high-press game. And they seem to sort of run out of puff quite early on. And that's why Palace were sort of able to pit them off later on. But what were your thoughts on, I guess, the first the first stages of the game where you we slightly worried Leeds score. It's obviously Bamford. Of course it is. Yeah. Leeds for the, at least in the beginning had remnants of a team that were managed by Bielsa for quite a considerable amount of time. Not all of those players are, but you, you saw a, a sort of pale imitation of that hard start, but it was enough and just intensity. But I mean, it was enough to really keep us held back. Weirdly, we were still always in the game on set pieces um, could have been could have been level a lot sooner, having sort of felt like we weren't in the game at all. Um, and yet, as you say, they did run out of steam. But also, if if you reflect it back on Palace, didn't panic when we went behind. I'm not saying we drastically improved, but I mean, as the, the longer the first half went on, the more suddenly we found our good players in possession. We were suddenly a little bit higher up the pitch. I thought the centre backs in those moments, are sort of having conceded the goal. I felt like, and so we'll probably get to it. We broke another Opta record during this game, which is the most successful dribbles in since Premier League records began in 0304. 287 or something like that, was it? It was ridiculous. And wow. without Wilf, of course, but uh, Mark Gay had three successful dribbles. And a lot of that was first half. There was definitely one in the second as well, but we're cool. We Like, you know, they're really tight on our players, so okay, the defenders are going to move five, ten yards forward and we're going to run with it. And in the end, we paid, made dividends with it. And having got level, you know, I feel like that's a game that we've had some shocking away trips against teams around us earlier on in the season. Uh, I think of Forest, I think of Everton mm. uh, at the top of my head. And, you know, things things could have gone, could have gone the same way as they did on Sunday uh, with the previous sort of setup, But, you know, we were so ruthless. Having got into the halftime level, didn't count our chickens and think, cool, let's hold on for dear life. I think we knew Leeds need, which might help us the further we go on into this window of games now. Southampton on the weekend is the same. They will have earmarked these games to win. The uh, Southampton, for example, will definitely have. And so when it's level, it's the onus is on the home team to come at us and try and nick, try and get the, uh, a lead. And that just totally suits uh, 
the sort of players we've got who like the ball, who like to kind of break together, that the Ebuabo goal was just a gorgeous demonstration of that. So we had sort of four on two at, at one point. And, you know, I think that that, what led to that, maybe not the same amount of goals, but I think we'll see that kind of second half increasingly between now and the end of the season in some of these away trips because the teams need to win those as much as we feel we need to. And, and while, and while the, pressure, the, well, the pressure's coming off us, isn't it? In, yeah. With picking up those wins and, and for Southampton on, on Saturday, I think they're, they're pinning pretty much all their hopes on, on us and Bournemouth. I think they're their next two home games. Yeah. Um, and we could, we could pretty much see them off on, on Saturday. I, I yeah. sense if, if they don't get the three points, and, and as you say, Joe, we are very good on, on the break. We can even allow them to have the ball and, and try and dominate the game as, as they would like to. But, you know, that second half will scare the living daylights out of Southampton ahead of this Saturday. Yeah. That was absolutely ruthless. I, I exaggerate. It wasn't 200 plus. It was only 34 dribbles, <laughs> relatively speaking, com- compared to my uh, exaggeration. But 34 dribbles in a Premier League match is, is insane. Um, when you look at like individual, when you look at like individual, <laughs> when you look at individual charts for for the season and stuff like that, it's yeah. some players are barely into sort of like double figures. Like it's yeah. it's, it's crazy. So to do and that, Eze, Eze had nine in ninety minutes. Yeah, mad. I, I mean, he he was just on another level on Saturday. A uh, Sunday, sorry. Um, would you like a, a shoe eleven pun? Go on then. Here we go. Uh, so we put this out to our listeners um, in the theme of the week, which was obviously comfy old shoes. Uh, Delhi Adigola. Yeah, big fan. Nice. Of that. Strong, strong, start. strong start. Strong start. Yeah. Clinton Moccasin. Like yeah, I like that one. Like that one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Very strong. Argy Friedman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can I also offer you Brogy Friedman? Ooh. Better. Can I also strong, offer you... Stronger, par- stronger partnership with Clinton Moccasin, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about Thomas Broglin? I don't think we need to even joke about that guy. I think we can leave him in the past. Or even Darren Ambrose. I mean, it's a very oh, yeah. that's, that's nah, yeah, that's that's, that's that's the best of the lot of those that, of the that one, Yeah. That one makes you think. All right, another couple. Have we'll I heard on. one? Have I heard one? Go on. Uh oh, I know you like this one, Jack already. Kevin Phillips flop. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> and I then love for that. the for yeah. the slightly more uh, continental amongst you, Jean Philippe Flop Mateta. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Very good. I will chuck some more in later on. Before I do that, uh, because we're going to wrap up part one uh, in a bit. Um, Amy, I'm going to put a very, very loaded question to you from Ooh. MK. Oh, hey, MK. Sounds like they support the wrong team. Um, no, I lie. Sorry. This is sorry. MK says, did Roy give the players the comfy pair of shoes speech at halftime? We we now know that he didn't. Uh, but K-Dub 13. Hi, K-Dub. Hey, K-Dub. Says, does Roy deserve the job permanently? I'm only Oof. half kidding. Bloody hell. I think, I think we're all half kidding when we think about this. Because <laughs> it's like, so I have arguments with myself about this. Um, no, I don't think that is what we should be looking at. Um, I think it would heavily depend on the summer and who was available. And as it looks like there's quite a few uh, eligible candidates available, I would hope we're not planning on um, keeping Roy. If we win every, the last eight games, I might have to uh, reconsider my thoughts. But no, again, I think even if we were to miraculously win every single game now, it would still depend on who was available in the summer because ultimately Roy's never going to be long-term. But I said to someone yesterday, is there is there not a scenario where we can keep him like higher up somewhere and have 
a new manager below him. I think I knowing what Roy's like, I think he would personally I think he probably wouldn't want the job full time and and is doing this as a favour to Palace because he loves the club so much and clearly gets on with Steve. Um I think he wouldn't want to be I think he'd want to be a manager or nothing. Um and yeah. I just I think as well it would be really nice if I mean, imagine if we win all eight games. It's actually not beyond the realms of possibility, although it, odds are it won't happen. Um, but if it does, I think we are, from FYP, we will send Roy a comfy pair of shoes with a thank you note. Oh, absolutely. Um, but if, if he does, bearing in mind how he left us before, and obviously it wasn't on bad terms or anything, but I think it got to the point where a lot of people were ready for it. I think it is a nice added chapter to the book, and it's, it's almost the perfect final chapter for best. Roy. Yeah, best I mean, case scenario. It, his send off was in front of five thousand people. Yeah. Um, on a on a disappointing Tuesday night defeat to a bang average Arsenal team, the man deserves a lot more than that. And um, I'm hoping the pinnacle of this this chapter and the end of of this chapter is Nottingham Forest on the last day of the season, and Roy gets the 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 rapturous reception that he absolutely deserves, not just for this spell, provided he does the the necessary to keep us up, but for the four year spell. I mean, you could argue there's no more important figure in, in Palace's recent Premier League history. Mm-hmm. And and this is just the latest part of it. So that's what I'm hoping come the 28th of, of May that that the Roy and, and, and Ray to a lesser extent, but Roy primarily gets that send off that, that he should have got in May 2021. Um, and, and announces on the pitch, your new manager... He's in, forest, to... he's in the forest. He's in the forest dugout. Who does a who does a Roy? Doesn't clap the forest fans and just says, yeah. okay, "We're down." Yeah. But um, these are my new people right here. <laughs> Too far away. Yeah, yeah. feels like it's I, all I, meant to be. I, I think Amy's point there about if we have a very good end to this season, you know, there's there's some very difficult games still to come. So who knows whether that will happen? But if if say Roy wins six out of the ten games that he's manager of and we finish on 45 points which is a, a place that very few of us would have thought we would have been finishing when when Roy was appointed that would typically lend itself to oh okay well maybe he's the guy for next season but as Amy says given his age he can't be the long-term option yeah. but also given the quality of candidate that's available going into this summer I think it's a different type of summer than even the one when Allardyce left and we were looking at and I know De Boer was a good name on in history and, and all that. But in terms of Premier League bona fide candidates for a club at our level, the likes of Rogers, Potter, Steve Cooper to a lesser extent. But the fact those guys are out there just means I think Palace can enter the next phase almost immediately upon us securing Premier League football for next season. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to end part one with this question to all three of you. And I'll, I'll start, I'll go Joe, Amy, Jack. If Roy keeps us up, hopefully he will. Um, let's say he does. Does he undisputedly go down as Palace's best ever manager? Joe? No, not undisputed, no. Okay. I didn't know that. He was. Right. I, I didn't know, actually, I didn't know if it was quick fire or what. I, 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 I still think Coppel is, 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 is probably un, it's it's closer to undisputed than uh, than Hudson, but I think it's between those two. Yeah. Okay, Amy. Given my era and following Palace, and I'm I'll, I'll go for Hodgson absolutely. Given the extent of when he first came and what he turned around from De Boer, that was just fascinating in itself. And then this second coming, 
for me might be the thing that cinches it oh cinched it very good nice. yeah. other other car hire companies are available <laughs> But if they are interested in a sponsorship <laughs> agreement, then they are more than welcome to contact in us. Contact. <laughs> um, Ryland, Ryland, come in. Oh, guest, guest spot on the pod. Um, I think I agree with with Amy. If you don't imagine to keep us up, it keep us up five times in the top flight ever. What was your question? The best Palace manager. Yeah, and I know that's probably a bit of a open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah. I would say he's not our best, but he's perhaps our most important. Given yeah, given the fair. riches that yeah. given the riches that are available in the modern era, yeah. he's probably been as as important to the sustaining of Premier League football and all the financial benefits that come with Premier League football than than anyone probably alongside Wilfred Zaha. Um, so yeah, Roy is right up there. But I you know I, I wasn't around for the for the Coppel era, but it looked bloody good fun. So you know. Yeah, and he I got guess, us. I think, he, he, we were the third best team in the country yeah, at, at that, one point. Yeah, you know, yeah. we were getting cup finals and we we won trophies under three him. And, and the journey, game. yeah, promotion. three years after two, promotion. Two years after promotion. And, and he harnessed some incredible players into one playing squad. So, you know, I think anyone listening to this shouting Steve Coppel at their, their device is probably warranted to do so. But I, I would argue that, that Roy is perhaps the most important manager. But I, I, say, I was really it. sorry I wasn't born then. So I can't comment. Yeah, agreed. Well, I was born, actually. I was about two. <laughs> I always grew up wishing, as a Palace fan in the early 90s, wishing I was 10 years older than that I had actually been around for the most. <laughs> yeah, same. My, my, yeah, really, my, my couple experiences, the admin at the turn of the millennium, which even on reflection is quite similar to Roy's role yeah. right now, with a kind of, I guess, worse, a lot worse squad. But... Um, yeah, it's definitely I mean, between those two, isn't it? It's definitely yeah. between those two. Um, let's wrap up part one with a few more um, shoe puns. Here we go. Uh, Sunji high tops. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yes. Fancy high heels. Nice. Nice. This is my personal favourite. Kitten heel Simmons. Hey, where'd you get that hey. one from? <laughs> Lovely. Uh, sandal Torgelli. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. yeah. And on, on a similar theme, Joachim Sandelson. I think we'll go Sandal Torgelli, probably. Well, how about this for uh, our Danish centre back, Lofer Anderson? Lofer Anderson. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a stretch, that one, isn't it? Um, Air Jordan, are you? Nice, okay. with that header. Clean. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Or Air Dean Gordons. I like, yeah. Both, they both work. They both work, don't they? Uh, Dean Croxy. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Man, that, that ad break is calling, Jim. Okay, <laughs> last three, last three, last three. <laughs> Will shoes or my shoes? Suit simple. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, Jack Bootland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then here's actually one of my favourites. We'll go to the outbreak. Patrick Van Zanholt. Oh, Vans. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Again, another thinker. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Right. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, questions. ¿Te preocupas por tu familia? Entonces, ¿por qué darle solo huevos ordinarios cuando pueden disfrutar de lo mejor? Egglands Best, los únicos huevos con ese delicioso sabor fresco de granja, además de la mejor nutrición, como 6 veces más vitamina D, 10 veces más vitamina E y 25% menos de grasa saturada que los huevos regulares, además de muchos otros nutrientes importantes. Así que, dales los mejores huevos. Egglands Best, mejor sabor, mejor nutrición, mejores huevos. 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod four sixty-eight. I forgot to do the patron shout out at the start of the pod. I know patrons now will be absolutely on tenterhooks to find Ooh. out who it is. So I know. So let's do a, <laughs> a drum roll for this week's random patron, please. It's Mister Rob Billington. Oh, well. What, what are the chances? Rob. What are the odds of that? Uh, you can join our patron like Rob and get a post-match podcast. Two post-match pods. This week after the Leeds game, uh, patron only merchandise, which the latest run has just been sent out. It's a palace scarf of well played lads on one side and typical palace on the other, perfect for whatever outcome uh, at the match. Uh, and loads more rewards at patreon.com slash FYP podcast. Link is below the uh, the pod now. Right, questions from our listeners. Canu Basher. Hey, Canu. Canu Basher. Uh, just not a big fan of uh, the former Arsenal uh, striker. Um, Luanco. <laughs> yeah, 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 that I was. Thank you. I wasn't going to say. Um, have we turned five corners? Can you? Where's your beard? Turned five Wait, corners. On. One, two, three, four. I think you'd be back where you started, wouldn't you? No, no, uh, no. You'd be one more along. So maybe. It depends how many corners are there. Maybe. Depends how many corners. Um, Andy Hill six zero zero seven. Hey Andy. Andy. Says speechless. May as well ask the panel about interest rates and how high they go. Much easier for the panel to assess. Anyone got any opinions on interest rates, or should we leave that to Eternity Home Finance? I was going to say, you got the perfect sponsor for that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Um, Rob Paul. Hey Rob. Rob. Is Ray all right in no shorts? Anyone notice this this week? Can, I, can we just can we confirm he was wearing it. trousers? <laughs> that yes, that yes. doesn't please. Yeah, he was before we move on. Let's short. just yes, trousers not shorts. But even just, that seems I, weird. I was prepared to blame any result that wasn't a win on the weekend <laughs> on the fact that he wasn't wearing shorts because I don't know. Uh, it was attributed when Watford went down with Roy and Ray last season. Uh, Ray wore tracksuit bottoms throughout that period, which was very Ooh. strange. So people, I, I was beginning to weave the weave the narrative that Roy Roy in shorts, Ray in shorts, even is uh, is is essential for the. Joe, I, I I bet you were looking for any excuse on Sunday, provided you didn't yeah, start with the manager. Yeah, other than other than me, other than other than <laughs> yes. me, yeah. So can we? Well, so if if Roy's a comfy pair of shoes, is Ray a comfy pair of shorts? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, how how is it? it I, I tell you what, if 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 we win another. F- Four games in this run. We've got he has to get his own personalized shorts in a club shop. 
<laughs> like how's that not happening? Karai with his grey tracksuit bottom. It, it probably would sell better than some of the range that they've got out at the moment. So fair play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's yeah. an episode podcast. Yeah, that's that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> on the on Ray Lewington, I'm sure he was loving watching, you know, Palace win five one. But he must have had a bit of a difficult afternoon watching his nephew have one of the stinkiest Premier League performances yeah. of the season. Luke Ayling, um, one of Palace's best players on Saturday, on Sunday. Yeah. I keep saying Saturday, on Sunday. But um, yeah, that wasn't good. And uh, the commentators, I, I was waiting to see how long they left it before they mentioned that Ray Lewington is Luke Ayling's uh, uncle. I think it was well into the 20 minutes. So, you know, they didn't lead with that one. But Speaking of the commentators, yeah. Jack, I know you wanted to uh, give a little nod to the, I guess, oh BBC God. Radio Leeds commentary. Yeah, I, I don't know who Palace got the comms from for the Palace footage, but I, like every other Palace fan, has watched the highlights package and the various different angles of each different goals about 757 times. And the commentary from, I'm guessing, as you say, BBC Leeds or Leeds in-house club television, um, the despair at particularly the third and fourth goals is just chef kiss. It's just brilliant. It's it, it doesn't really get any better. But but credit to the co-commentator for the, for Ebbs's goal. There's a despairing. Oh no! And I think you're going to bleed it in, Jim. I think. Yeah. But the um, the despairing. Oh no! To that's a very good goal is within a second. So he does maintain his professional standards very quickly for that one. But Odson Edwards' goal is just a very uh, I don't know how to describe it other than a very Yorkshire oh no. So I, play them I both, Jim. Oh, right. well, play them. I think it's Andy Hinchcliffe. It feels like it No, might. well, he did Sky Sports, so it wouldn't oh, have been okay. him. So not him, okay. I'm is presuming it up, it's... Is it up there with the, for fuck's sake, Murray? Uh, not quite. <laughs> probably because he wants to maintain his employment for next week. But <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's for not far <laughs> For the Edward goal in particular, that despair is is coming through very loud and clear. Let's uh, let's drop them in now. Robin Cock, Palace have won the midfield battle again, though, and it's into the centre circle, and it's played out wide by Ezra, and now it's Elise, corner of the area. Oh, oh no, Ezra! Oh, it's oh, a brilliant, oh, brilliant goal that is. And Crystal Palace are three-one ahead, and it's a Berra Ezra with the goal. Just the keeper to beat, a sweet ball to play him in. He threaded it under Ian Melier, and Palace have doubled their lead. Just shy of the hour, it is a complete reinvigoration. Leeds 1, Crystal Palace 3. Pressing forward, it's given away. A shot flashed straight into the body of Moreno, Rodrigo Moreno. Now, and now forward, Elise comes over halfway, and it's 4 on 4. And Palace are going forward with Edward. This could be 4 1. Wow. Crystal Palace have sprung back into action. Lovely stuff. Always nice. You know, when you've had a win, always nice to hear uh, opposition commentators having a terrible time. because been. I, I always like it when a goal is so good that it actually kind of dilutes a club bias. Like that third goal was such a lovely goal from Elise to Eze that, you know, it actually dispelled his annoyance at how, how bad a position that put Leeds in the game. Yeah, it's the sort of goal they would have they would have seen Rafinha scoring a few in the last couple of seasons as well. So I think they've uh, yeah they're probably um, not regretting that sale, but maybe wishing that they were eighteen months back, maybe um, in terms of their own progression. But thank God they're not. Uh, speaking of, here's a question from Lee Ayres. Hey, Lee. Ignoring the scoreline, 
Was this a better performance than the Leicester one? Leeds were on top for most of the first half. We were brilliant second half, but we were that good minus a finish for all but 10 minutes versus Leicester. Discuss. Amy, do you want to pick this one up? What do you reckon? That's a really good question. And it's a tough answer. Because I guess with the Leeds performance, you could argue character to come back after halftime, whatever was said, and turn it around in the emphatic way they did. and but yeah, the Leicester performance just lacked goals. So tough one. It's hard to say, but I don't think you can come away from that five-one and say that the Leicester performance was better. In the end, it's, it's two. Both games were come from behind wins, weren't they? Which, that's all we do, isn't it? That's all we do now. We need yeah. to concede first, basically. So if we score first at the weekend, I shall panic. But wasn't that, I feel like on the pod earlier in the season, we were saying something like, should we score an own goal straight from kickoff? Because I think this, this was this was a bit of a habit under Vieira as well, yeah. wasn't it? Pre, I think, pre-world, Pre-World Cup, pre-world that Cup. most of our wins, certainly at home, were were having gone behind as well. Villa, Villa leads, Wolves all at home. And Leeds. Uh, West Ham away. West Ham, yep. Yeah. West Ham yeah, away. I think that's our like, sixth of the season. I think that's our sixth. That, doesn't that show then, Jack, that actually, I mean, for all the failings that, that Vera had in the final few months of the season, there is clearly real character in this team. And actually, that's maybe one of the things that didn't didn't disappear or didn't drop. Oh, I think that's certainly something you can say has been, been consistent. Um, and we said last week that it's not very often that a manager comes in and doesn't need to fix the defence and doesn't really need to instill too much of a, you know, a hard and a battle um, element to to the team. I think it's really right that we do mention Sam Johnston by name for the first oh, time God, this week, yeah. Yeah. because his first twenty five minutes was excellent. I mean, they, he he pulls off some really really good saves. Can't do anything with the goal, um, and without that kind of high quality performance from him and a very impressive debut, um, it's probably two or three nil, two or three nil to Leeds before um, before half time. So um, kudos to him. I think again a shout out to to Selzy and Dom on, on the, the second post match pod this weekend, um, talking about the character of Sam Johnston, um, to have come in last summer and not had a sniff of a first team opportunity due to the, the form of Vicente Guaita. Um and then when there was an opportunity he found himself injured um as well. Um but to come in and, and display such a high quality performance um in such an important match is, is testament to his quality. And and I actually think you know, it's only one performance, and I don't know how long Vinny's out for. But is there any harm in in Sam Johnston being number one between now and the end of the season? That would be, you know, something for Roy and, and Ray to have a think about. And there's enough experience between the two of them to to know what's the right call. Just a quick shout out to Joe on this one because I don't think it's too long ago that that Joe did mention how good Vinny's fitness had been this season. And since then, I think he's only played one more game. So uh, I don't know what it is with Joe Walker and Crystal Palace Football Club right now, but... Have I got to submit a resignation at some point very soon? Just go into hiding. No, but the good news is, the good news is we've got an England international sitting on the bench. And um, he he did really well on Saturdays. But no, in answer to the question, I think that kind of, that battle and, and the character... Um, was certainly there, and 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 the fact that we th- even when we were under the cost, the fact that we did threaten, and somehow Jeffrey Schlupp misses from three yards out um, after fifteen minutes, and, and you know in previous games you might think oh, that's the one chance and it's gone, but um, for us to hold in there and then you know take the game away from Leeds so quickly in the second half is is, is testament to the the kind of attitude of the squad. 
Completely agree. And I think actually, if you could look at Leeds' form going into the game under Gracia, they've actually picked up a few wins and, and Leeds fans are feeling quite sort of buoyant about things. So I think that even uh, improves the performance even further. Um, yeah, I think I think I think the Leeds game is, is definitely better. But the, Le- the Leicester game gave us the groundwork for that. And I think gave us the 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 um, the indication that there is something in this team. Um, but the, the, the Leeds game is fantastic. Joe, your thoughts on uh, Lier's question there? Um, I think the Leicester result, certainly the manner of it, gave, if there was any sort of flaky confidence, I think it gave it the team a huge injection. Yeah. You know, I even though we leveled pretty straight away against Leicester, we did look a bit blunt and it was a kind of almost a sense of, ah, here we go again, you know, without Wilf and, you know, with all the intent, we're just not quite got enough here so goals may remain a problem between now and the end of the season as we feared so we were delighted to get the winner of course but i don't think anyone was getting carried away we we thought we there will i certainly thought anyway that there will be games between now and the end of the season where we might struggle really getting some goals in key moments which is why i was just so much more surprised and impressed with this leicester to leeds result and that second half because we you know are you uh, left of a front three is not had good spells there prior to joining palace. Certainly with, uh, I think he was player of the year at Villa and Swansea playing mm. in that position, but yeah, due to right. Wilf's kind of ever presence there, uh, that's his position. So he very rarely gets a spot there for palace. Um, having even despite that, I, you know, I didn't expect in his two appearances there, you know, what a game and a half, two goals and an assist from that side, which is quite a testament to him, but also Roy Hodgson as well, who could have very easily gone, okay, let's put Schlupp there or or somebody else that's, you know, not Jordan Ayew. Highlighted him for specific praise in the after the game as well, Roy. Single Jordan Ayew out, which I think says it all. And also two really good goals and a really good assist as well. No, they're genuine yeah. game-changing moments as well from Ayu. I suspect Ayu might feature in winners and losers in part three. In fact, I suspect a lot of the... In fact, the whole Palace midfield was in the whoscored.com team of the European team of the week, I think. Or, yeah, I mean, top five, leagues in, yeah, top five Mad- leagues in Europe. Madness. Yeah. So it may be a busy one. I think Michael Alise was um, only the second 10 out of 10 this season oh, on WhoScored. Wow. Wow. Think Whoa. Lionel Messi was the first. So never, never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, never heard no of him. Let's, let's um, get him. Uh, right before we uh, crack on with winners and losers in part three, uh, question here from it's Ricky Bushel. Hey, Ricky. hey Ricky. Just says Easter egg of choice. Anyone particular Easter egg of choice? Just make mi- questions. Add a mini eggs one uh, on Easter Sunday. Cadbury's mini eggs. Classic. Great. Because it feels like you're 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 winning multiple times with the same pack. You get you get the main egg, but then there's two little packets of yeah. mini eggs there. It's just it's Strong. just extravaganza. One egg is not enough. You need something inside. You need the little mini eggs or whatever. Amy. Indeed. Well, I work for Nestle, so I'm gonna have to say Milky Bar. But genuinely, I would go Milky Bar. Good. Strong. Strong answer. Uh Jack. <laughs> Uh, I don't work for Nestle, and I would say uh, Flake was was my choice Ooh. this year. Yeah, I go I'm Flake for Easter egg. I don't, I don't think I would go Flake any other time of the year, but in an Easter egg, it just seems you know. Not in a ninety nine, no. or a two ninety nine, yeah. as they are. Or a seven yeah. seven ninety nine. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Oh my I'm sure god. if you had one in like Hyde Park, it would be like yeah, fifteen quid or something like that. But uh, oh my god, yeah, no, anyway. Flake, Flake was my choice this year. What about you, Jim? Uh, I had uh, my wife bought me one that had little uh, uh, caramel button things inside. Nice. Oh, I had a Ferrero Rocher one. The actual oh. egg was like oh, it. It, Hello. There was a posh one. Yeah. That's, wow. Hello. Yeah. That's next level. That Just end it there. Just end it there. Yeah. Right. Is that a Nestle? Is that a Nestle product? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> wow, sorry. Well, <laughs> well, quickly move on then from that. Before we move on to part three, and I will round off this part with some more uh, sheep puns because there are literally hundreds. Um, Patrick Deco. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. And I thought that was a sheep Sarah? pun. Is sorry, that sorry, you? Right. Yeah, sorry, right. I was like, what? I don't get that one. That really is a thinker. <laughs> There was, there was, there has been a few that I've cut out that were that were very, very strange, but none as strange as that. And um, so Patrick and Huddleman, Huddleman, hey guys, both said, well, Patrick says, are we more rounded team without Zaha? Sorry, will we be more rounded without Zaha next season? And Huddleman says, uh, should this be the starting lineup for the rest of the season? Got to think beyond Wilf, and this selection proves we can score and win without him. Amy, I come to you again. Another loaded question. Yeah, I think while he's with us, it's hard to see him not in the team and I don't think he's I still don't think he's droppable as such but I think that element of fear might be releasing a bit especially after um the weekend I think the there's so many benefits of of having Wilf but maybe the benefit of not having him on the pitch is that we're not so intent on just getting the ball to Zaha um that there's other avenues and it's almost like is that maybe slightly confusing opposition now that it's not just Zaha 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 I'm sure that it might turn to Eze 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 but yeah it gives you it kind of feels like you have other options and it isn't just get the ball to Wilf which is fair enough when he's on the pitch but yeah I wouldn't I, I still don't think he's droppable as such but the future doesn't look so scary completely agree Joe, that that fear is a good word. That that fear, I think, has or is being eroded. Um, and we knew that time would come. And and you know, it's now April. The rumours are, of course, circulating. Is out of contract. Newcastle's the latest one that I saw today. Um, but actually, I think Palace fans will be feeling slightly more confident next season. In fact, actually, the worries then go from Wilf as they used to be to probably Elise as a Gehi for the next big moves away. Yeah, um, what you have to give credit for, and I, I know the ownership structure and some of the recruitment has come under a lot of criticism, but I feel like the anticipation, I'm sure there's an offer on the table for Wilf. I think there was one reported that was, uh, if you can take that source at, at face value, is a club record even beyond what we've been paying him prior. Um, you know, probably more than anyone else is going to pay him in the Premier League. But, you know, even in anticipation of the the idea or the likelihood he might not accept whatever deal we put forward to him, we do have a resemblance of a of a succession planning, knowing to buy these creative players, these um, the people that lift fans off seats, buying those type of players, not necessarily in his position, but in similar areas of the pitch, a year, two years prior to his contract running out, rather than us doing a trolley dash this summer and everyone is seeing us coming. I still think we're going to have to buy a, a, a player to effectively quote unquote replace him. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we actually find ourselves venturing in a free transfer market as well. I think, you know, Ismail Asar is my kind of rogue pick. We've been trying for so long. And if they don't, and if they, if they don't go up, I think we'll have a lot of competition, but I feel like that may end up becoming the most cost efficient method of getting someone in because we're not going to get any money for him. Let's be honest. So, um, I, that's that's really helped. You know, there's certainly areas where we haven't recruited well, but in terms of forward-thinking players and exciting players, there's something there that doesn't just leave us falling on the cliff edge uh, when Wilf goes as bad as much as he will be missed. And you are you are seeing Jack and hearing on TV fewer commentators and pundits saying. Well, they haven't won without Wilfred Saha since dot, 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 dot. That narrative is actually starting to ebb away. Yeah, I mean, they, they can't really say that when we're smashing teams yeah. 5-1 away from home. So it's not you're not going to hear it this weekend, or this week at least. Look, I, I, I've still got a bit of hope that Wilf does sign on. I, I, I don't want to see Wilf play for another Premier League team. I, I really don't. I've always kind of hoped that should he depart, he's going abroad to play Champions League football for, for someone on the continent. But I... To know, just just looking at the the speculation and looking at the league table, if Newcastle United want to sign Wilfred Zaha, given their riches, it's going to be very difficult for for Palace to compete with that. Particularly, you know, if they do get Champions League football, which is looking increasingly likely as we approach the end of the season. So, look, I'm hoping he does stay. I don't know, you know, a, a week on from his mesmeric, I would describe it, 42 minutes against Leicester, where he was absolutely sublime and looked like Wilf of old. I don't know if Wilf in the team does make us a worse team. I mean, imagine Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday, I've done it again. Imagine Sunday, because I think today's Monday, that's why I think it's, yeah. um, I keep going back to it, but, but if you look back on Sunday and you had Wilfred Zaha on the left, Eberiche Eze and Jeffrey Schlupp running behind with Michael Lisa on the right-hand side and Odson Edward against that lead team in the second half, you know, as well as Jordan Ayew played, I, I don't think many Palace fans are saying, nah, let's leave Wilf on the bench, we'll have Jordan Ayew on the left-hand side. So, let's save a Wilf for while we've got him, but I take on both Amy and Joe's point about the, the fear factor is certainly not as big um, as it would have been had Wilf left for money, say, two years ago. The fact that Will have had Michael Elise for two years, and he's now starting to look as polished as he is, my biggest fear is Wilf leaves on a free and somebody triggers Michael Elise's release clause. That's my biggest fear. Right, yeah. If we go into next season with Michael Elise having had a preseason, with, which, you know, I'll say again, Michael Elise has not had a preseason either of the two summers he's been with Palace. He's been injured for both preseasons. Imagine Michael Elise with a full preseason. Imagine Eberich Eze with a full preseason. Those two together, it's scary times. But my, my concern is Wilf goes on a free and then one of Gay Elise Eze is also captured by someone else because they trigger a certain clause that we don't know exists and we will never know if it exists. Um, so yeah, that that's my biggest fear. But if we go into next season, Wolf has left on a free, but we are retaining the likes of Michael Lise and we're able to supplement the squad with somebody like Ishmael Lassar, who I was thinking as Joe was talking on a free transfer or someone else with some money that we can invest. Then it's not as scary a prospect as it would have been had Wilf been leaving a few years ago when, you know, the the other options at the top of the pitch were not perhaps as, as lively as the ones we currently have. Well, you think think about the summer, Roy's last summer of the previous spell, uh, or that, that run-in, the form wasn't great, but the constant uh, analysis of Palace was, look at how many players are leaving in the summer. There's a huge yeah. rebuild here. It's a huge job of whoever's going to do it, whether it's going to be Roy or somebody else they bring in. Yeah. And, we're not, 
you know, there's a lot of players that are going to leave this club in the summer. Unless yeah. unless it's just so much overhaul that we're going to have to keep some a bit longer than we would perhaps like. So it's going to be another really interesting summer. But I felt like the the tone around that job, again, it, we don't know who's going to be responsible for it management-wise. There's far less panic. And that's even with our greatest ever player, arguably, leaving as part of that. Um, which probably just does show you the sort of... Um, there has been progress made. I think sometimes you have to kind of take a deep breath on some of the present annoyances structurally and go, you know, okay, we have got a bit much, a lot better of a base to build on with these departures. But that, yeah. but that rumor of 200,000 pounds a week for Wilf, which, you know, I'm probably minded to pay him that on a shorter term deal, you know, two years, perhaps three years mm-hmm. max. But if you think Mark Gaze probably on 40 or 50, yeah. You know, you could be signing four players of the cap, acknowledging that you've got to pay the transfer fee to get these players, or not, depending on their their, their contract status. But Wilfred Zaha, two hundred grand a week at thirty, thirty one, or four players of the potential of Mark Gaye, Michael Elise. It's a big decision. It's a big decision this summer moving on. But the sooner we get Premier League status secured for next season, the sooner yeah. decisions can be made. And that's why it's so important the Roy's hit the ground running with these two wins. You know, if we if we were talking tonight, having, you know, drawn 1-1 at Leicester, uh, drawn 1-1 with Leicester, you know, lost at Leeds because the first half performance was not particularly great, sitting here on 28 points, you know, possibly in the bottom three tonight. I don't know, I don't know who's on, um, who's who's 18th, or I think it's Forrest on 27. So we'd just be literally on the precipice of the relegation zone. It's a completely t- different tone. The fact we're talking about next season already. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely. You know, the margins are that fine, aren't they? It is, um, it yeah, is but the, the luxury of, of a 5-1 win away from home in the Premier League means you do get to be perhaps yeah. a little bit more carried away. I'm sure, you know, Selzy's probably thinking, calm down a little bit, you know, don't talk about next season just yet. But the fact we are talking about next season just, just says it all really in terms of, of how important it was to make that change and, and, you know, whether it's right or wrong that Patrick Vieira is no longer the Premier League, uh, sorry, the, the Palace manager, the six points in the Premier League in two games, haven't ha- haven't happened too often um, yeah. in Palace's Premier League spell. So you know, kudos to Roy. I'd actually I actually keep forgetting that we're managerless in the summer. Um, maybe that's just a reassurance that Roy brings in. But it, Joe's right. We will, it would be a very interesting summer, and we will see what happens. Uh, let's round off this part with a few more uh, shoe puns. I'm just going to rattle through them. Here we go. Paul Hinchelwood. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Julian uh, Speroni. Uh, Andy Ooh. Das Johnson. Everetche <sighs> Yeezy. Okay. And here's a few that are all the same. Chris Solman, John Solarco, Ashley Sol. <laughs> and then my personal favourite to round off part two, John Pumphrey. Brilliant. Yeah, I like that one. That is- Shout out to John Humphrey. Doesn't get enough love from the Palace fan base. Good old well, John Humphrey. He does now as John Pumphrey. Yeah, uh, as right. a different name. <laughs> Let's take a break. Uh, what is it when we come back? Oh, yeah, winners and losers. Welcome back to the Fabio Fan Podcast. Pod 468 sponsored by our friends at Eternity Home Finance. From getting on the property ladder to planning your retirement, email info at eternityhomefinance.com for a free consultation, quoting the code FYP. Winners and losers, suspect losers slash musty betters will be 
probably completely empty. Don't know who's going to be in that. Winners, I think, will be um, very busy indeed. Amy, let's come to you first. Uh, plenty oh. of names already mentioned in the pod. Who's your winner? Hodgson. Nice. Isn't that cute? No, no. The obvious answer is Elise, isn't it? Because we were talking about Opta stats earlier. He had his own stat, didn't he? Record, sorry, of youngest Premier League assist hat trick. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's hard to not give it to him, isn't it? But there's an abundance of players. You could argue that every single person on that pitch and going back to the keeper, Johnston, for keeping us in it in the first place, like let's not underestimate that. Um so yeah, I'll go for Elise because that's the easy option. I went first, but it could be anyone. <laughs> the prerogative of going first. I think Hodgson's a lovely shout, actually. I know yeah. that was said in GS, but I do think that's a lovely shout. And uh, he's certainly the, I'd say, biggest winner of the last seven or eight days time. Uh, in terms of Palace. Um, Sam Johnson is an interesting one. Either of you guys going to go for Sam Johnson for your for your winner? I, I, it was depending on what other people said to be honest but j- just quickly on on Roy there being mentioned um as you do when your team wins you then go on other the opposition fans kind of social medias to see what what their fans are saying and um there's, there's a Lee's podcast who said Sunday afternoon for them was pretty much epitomized by Roy Hodgson shaking every member of the playing squad's hand with 90 seconds left that was to lovely. play that that's very NFL when and the team is playing their downs out that is you know that to to be in a position where you're not even coaching your team, you're not even looking at the pitch, and you're shaking hands with everybody. But it's um, also very, it's also very Roy. Very Roy, the you know class touch. Um, but yeah, I think I echo Amy's point on that one. It's it's great to see the impact that Roy's had, and I think it's fair to say that Palace have won, um, or are certainly winning manager switch roulette. Given that oh. the other yeah. options that are out there, I mean, when Vieira was sat, if anybody had said Dean Smith until the end of the season. I think I would have, you know, just just left the country, just gone. Um, so look, I mean, it's a brave decision for Leicester to to go for somebody who had no impact at Norwich City last year, but that's all that's left in the market. Jesse Marsh has turned them down. Hey, let's have a word for Jesse Marsh. I mean, that man, one, his agent is unbelievable, keeps getting in front of anyone that he needs to get in front of, and two, the confidence to effectively turn down two Premier League jobs after doing not a lot of Leeds United. Fair play to Jesse Marsh, but. I think it shows that the appointment of Roy, while there was criticism, fair or otherwise, at the time the appointment was made, I think it looks a better appointment as every almost day goes by, to be honest, yeah. in the Premier League. So that that's what I'd say on Roy. Sam Johnston... Can I just jump in? Can I yeah, you? go on, go, go, go. I was talk, talking to a Southampton fan today who was saying, oh, I wish we'd gone for Roy instead of Nathan Jones. And I said to him, I think Palace are the only team that could have coached Roy out of retirement. I think he was happily set on putting his feet up in front of the TV but um, it, 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 because it was Palace and he has this connection to the club it's the only club that I think he would have come I don't think he'd have gone out for anyone particularly after how badly his spell at yeah. Watford went last year yeah. um, so I agree with you I don't think um, Southampton would have would have been tempting for Roy I don't know possibly in maybe October November there might have been long enough of the season for him to I just don't think to go I think, I think it, it, it's Palace it's Steve and it's the fans, and I think those are the elements that are brought him back. It's Joe Walker. Um, Despite me. On Sam Johnson, then, can I just put two, a couple of questions from our listeners? Because he has yeah. got a lot of love from the question from our listeners' questions this week, quite rightly. Terry C1963. Hey, uh, Terry. Hi, Terry. says, um, Sam Johnson was the real hero yesterday. Great work from the team in the second half, but he kept it in us from some incredible saves in the first 35 minutes. 
could have easily been 4-1 down at halftime. Total Tech soccer camps. Hello. Hey, Total Tech. Sam Johnson did very well to keep it level at halftime. To come in and look that good on his debut. Another yeah. element there, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I touched on it a moment ago. I don't think he's played a Premier League game for, for two, possibly three years. Um, so to be playing at such a high level from the off is, is testament to his character and his quality. You know, again, sorry to throw back again, it's not a plug, but Selzy's insight in that he has a you know working relationship with Sam Johnson was really interesting to to hear that. And the fact that this opportunity has now come up for Johnston to, to get game time and he'll play at least the next few games, given the, the prognosis for for Vicente's um, injury, um, is that it probably will mean that Sam Johnson's not looking at options for next season now. And that Sam Johnson's probably a little bit more comfortable at the idea of, of playing for Crystal Palace next season. So, yeah, fair play to him. I, I thought of the saves that he made, the one from the free kick was was perhaps his best, um, given the speed of the shot and and the angle. You know, he, he, he shouldn't let that in, but it's a very good save nonetheless. Um, but also the save from Aronson's flick just a couple of minutes in was yeah. also very, very good. So, um, yeah, very, very impressive debut and... Um, probably a question for further down the line, but I wonder whether we've been as as well stocked at goalkeeper in terms of one and two. Um, you know, I'm sure in years gone by, there's there's probably been times when we've had two very good goalkeepers, but two goalkeepers at the level of, of Vicente, who still gets unbelievable criticism and unfair criticism as far as I'm concerned. Um, but him and, and to see Sam Johnson come in and, and do a job, um, very good. And, you know, not to forget young Joe Whitworth, who... Um, who clearly has got a future, but perhaps with Vicente, Sam, I know Selzy mentioned Remy Matthews possibly coming back next season, which would allow Joe Whitworth maybe to have a loan spell away from the club next year. There's the other goalkeeper, um, Goodman as well, who's very highly rated. So good time for, for Dean Kiley at the moment. <laughs> I, I'd say probably not since the days of uh, Cedric Caressa and Fraser Digby. We've been so well <laughs> at goalkeeper level. Um, Fraser Digby. What days they were. Uh, Joe, who's your winner? I was just thinking there. I think I think Selzy's been a huge winner recently. All yeah, he's got yeah. got a work, working relationship with all of our keeper, every keeper that's playing, and they're all getting game. They're all getting minutes. There was a mention on that post match pod of uh, someone that needs to ask Octa. We, we've had a different. We've our last three Premier League games have been with three different keepers. Yeah, and uh, which oh, yeah. can't be too common in in the in the history of the Premier League. But um, yeah, really delighted for Sam Johnston. I, I guess. You all have teed me up for the obvious one. Uh, Ebbs is, you know, yeah. just so delighted for him. A player that everybody wants to see win, which is why when he wasn't, it wasn't quite working, uh, you know, in a significant chunk of this, I say post, post World Cup, let's say, um, getting these opportunities out of position. And would do, like, you know, remember Brentford away, he came on on the left and actually was really good, but otherwise, really wasn't getting much love in the centre. And then when he would get the opportunity, wasn't impacting games. And suddenly you, you're asking those questions you don't want to ask. Is, it the, is the injury still having an effect? Is this mm. a longer-term thing than we than we first thought? What's going on there? Is, is Vera being cruel to be kind? Is it a method that's not working? He doesn't look happy. To see that change almost instantly in him, in his style of play, in the confidence, it's, it's just, uh, it's just, it warms the heart. And it's not just ha- pleasing for us in a wholesome sense. It's devastating for us, again, in terms of op- the opposition. They were run ragged by him in that second half. There's various clips that the club's the club has cut up and 
put out on the social media channels. There's one where he does, uh, uh, I wouldn't even call it a 360. It's, it's like 720 where he goes round and round again and takes it back and then leaves three or four players in his wake. And that was the like, 91st minute. Yeah. Just so like, in terms of questions about his fitness, yeah, you know, that, yeah, that shows that's how a, dominant it, he was. That's a player who never played 90 under, yeah. under the, the previous manager. So not to my memory anyway, very Certainly. few opportunities. And he's yeah. done it twice now this season, which, you know, doesn't bode well for the Ahamadas of this world who were kind of getting some, getting some minutes, but are nowhere to be seen now. But I, I'm just delighted that he's made that impact. I'm also relieved that when he celebrated and pointed to the shoe, that it wasn't a reference <laughs> to the comfy old shoe. Because I thought I was in, I was really feeling I can't show my face at Celeste again for a little while. But turns out it's to, it's a, a, a more a sort of cynical announcement of his new boot line. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, Palace players being sort of enough star product to yeah. have their own line of football boots. Yeah, that's big time. Breaking Hello, out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen very often at Palace. That 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 bit of skill that Joe refers to actually injured Weston McKenney. <laughs> Weston McKenney <laughs> was actually injured by that bit of skill. Wow, you, you, it was sublime, and it led to, you know, it, I think he beat another two players, and then you're thinking, oh my god, this could be the greatest goal I've ever seen a Palace player score. This pub in Portsmouth isn't going to know what's hit it yeah. if this goes in, and he gets tackled, and you think, oh, that's a shame. But his performance on on Sunday, particularly the the uh, the second half was absolutely the performance that you were hoping to see from Abrichezzi when we started to see him get his confidence at this level in in Hodgson's last season, and for it to be only a matter of weeks after the forty five minutes against Brighton when he was god awful, to be playing at this level just shows that something wasn't right between him and the manager. It has to be him and the manager. Nothing else has changed. He can't have improved his fitness that much. He can't have improved his his technique that much between the you know the Brighton second half and and this game. So it's as simple as a manager's getting a tune out of a player that the previous one wasn't, and what a tune it is. The the link up play. It it is. I was going to say that quote. That was such a lovely quote to see from Roy um, at the end of his press conference and. Yeah, I, I, Amy, I'll, I'll pass over to you in terms of Ebbs because, you know, I could just sing all, sing all day about that yeah. performance on Sunday. No, do you think it's, it's the drastic change in him that, and I don't mean to keep digging at Vieira because it's nothing personal, obviously, but I, this is where I get a little bit baffled that people are still questioning the sacking and the change in, in him, in Ebbs, because how can you look at the difference in that player and still think, oh no, Vieira wasn't the problem. You you know, for whatever reason that problem is, we'll we'll never truly know, but it's just, it's glaringly obvious now what, what the issue was and what was, because there was, I called in, I, he, he he was named as my loser on one of these pods Mm -hmm. recently. I think it was after maybe the Spurs game, that kind of period. He looked, he did look lazy. He did look uninterested Mm-hmm. I, you started to question: Is he just a luxury player who can't cut it at this level? He needs to be, you know, surrounded by the big boys to to be effective. Um, and how wrong were we that it was just, just well, something I, wasn't right for him? Yeah, and I, I'm happy to go on the record and, and say that only a couple of months ago I was talking about whether we looked to cash in on Ebbs, given yeah. that we were getting such a, a, a poor return from him, particularly since the World Cup, and and with two years left on the contract as we go into this summer. 
you know, was he the one that the club maybe let others know through whatever means that, that he's perhaps the one that we'll listen to offers for now? You know, just a few months on, I'm I'm asking Dougie to put that new contract in front of him as soon as possible because two years doesn't seem that long. But yeah, it, it really is quite staggering how drastic his improvement in form has been. And and I can't wait, you know, I'm going on, on Saturday to Southampton and I can't wait to see him and Michael Alise. It, it's been a while since I've been this excited to go and see a, a Palace player um, or Palace players in the form they're in. And and the only regret I had on, on Sunday watching the, the game on TV was that I wasn't there. Yeah. Shout out to every Palace fan who was yeah. there. Um, you know, Easter Sunday, long way to go, trains awfully expensive. The game moved at late notice. So shout out to everyone who made the trip and, and, and you were really handsomely paid for your endeavours. Absolutely right. Without getting too sort of emotional, I think Ebbs, in a way, is Crystal Palace. And he um he, he offers that ability and that spark that we've always loved from players. He's a by all accounts genuinely lovely, lovely lad. He's got a smile that could light up Sellers Park on its own. And I think he is the one player in recent years we've all all collectively desperately want to do so well. And at 38 years old, I'm too old for favorite players or names on the back of the shirts. But <laughs> If there was one I had to gun to head now, it would be Ebbs without a shadow of a doubt. And he, I want uh, to see him get better and better and better. I'm, I'm with you on that one, Jim. He's he's, and I, I think the adage of the man crush is probably a little bit outdated now. But he's probably too young to be my man crush, given that I'm, you know, I think nine years older than him. But he's so cool. He's just such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, his celebration, and you know, maybe we've got time to talk about Austin Edward in a moment as well. But the stair cell, I mean, that all of that celebration is just gold after Odson Edwards' goal, but they're just so cool. Like, when, when players are on form, when when yeah. certain players are, are ticking, then they just exude Sorks this coolness. FC. It FC. is. Again, I'm too old to use that phrase legitimately, <laughs> but um, it, was, it was so great to see these players just absolutely flourishing and enjoying. I think, and perhaps this is the greatest test of it all, I think I saw Jordan Ayew smile. You <laughs> <He> did. <laughs> yeah. I think wow. I saw... I think I saw him actually look a little bit happy, which he was apparently was smiling on the train platform after as well oh, with I the mean, fans. Wow. All it takes is five goals. I, are you are you Annalise full of smiles? Yeah. Oh god. Well, Elise, I still can't work Elise. out Elise's celebration tactics because doesn't care. When he does scores, he? doesn't care. But when Gahey scored, he was telling the home fans to f off for some reason. <laughs> he was the telling the wheelchair face. section. He was telling the was wheelchair it? section. I, to f I just cannot <laughs> get a march on what his tactics are for celebrations. Listen, I in, sorry, Jim. Go on. I was going to say really quickly. I will. Uh, um, uh, for my um, winners, a shout out to Jeffrey Schlupp, who quietly had one of his best games, obviously overshadowed by some of the other players there, but uh, again was in the who scored best team of the week. Fantastic game from him, doing what and, we know he's good at. And he's now suddenly kind of in the undroppable yeah. section of, of, of the, the first That's 11. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Again, it goes back to what Amy was saying earlier, because he's being asked to do what he's good at. And yeah, he's 15 yards further forward, drive with the ball and be a nuisance. And 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 he's clearly getting just better. We know footballers love clear instructions, and he's obviously getting the right instructions for him to flourish. But I will say Edward, I think, is my is my winner this week. Because if we're talking about uh Roy getting a tune out of Ebbs, 
what he's got out of Edward in the last couple of weeks is again yeah. someone that I think we all were thinking, okay, maybe this guy can only cut it north of the border. But he's been a different player and he's doing everything you'd want him to do uh, in terms of holding the ball up, his runs in behind, pressing from the front. But now scoring goals around us, you know, you can't underestimate that finish, left foot in the bottom corner, really, really high quality Premier League finish. I'm incredibly happy for him. And I think we know what Roy's relationship was like. Well, not relationship, but we know that Roy wasn't a massive fan of Mateta before. But I think we now won't see that flip-flopping or that Philippe flopping, if you will. Uh, nice. That, that, thank you. <laughs> that Vieira did with his two main strikers. I think Roy is more of a, right, Edward's my man and Mateta will yeah. be the guy coming on to change things. And, you know, given the last few weeks, maybe that's how it should be. But, yeah. Blinding finish that. Yeah. Blinding finish. Kudos to your use of north of the border. Lovely. But, um, yeah, lovely finish. And his overall play deserved that. I think if if you're winning 5-1 away from home, if you're, you know, being a bit picky, you probably want your striker scoring amongst those five. And then he did, and he broke that spell that goes all the way back to September, October time since he last bagged in, in the league. So really pleased for him. His performance, again, a, a significant step up compared to where he was under Patrick Vieira. Um, and I think he went off with a, a bit of a knock, but I don't think he probably would have gone off if it was 1-1, one of those injuries that it just suited the yeah, players on the bench to, to come on. Um, and his finish was great. And again, it was his celebration, which, um, you know, he got to to bring out his celebration and, and it was a really good moment. And I think uh, the players around him were pleased to see him score. I think Michael Lise's biggest smile of the afternoon was for yeah. Otten Edwards' goal. So, you know, that 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 says it all for me. Um, just, a, just a really good afternoon for Roy. I think a lot of the things that Roy would have wanted to get out these first two games, he's got, you know, he's got his striker scoring. He's got Michael Lise um, getting assists. You know, his performance has been good this season, but he's now getting the assists. Ebbs is contributing goals. Um, and yeah, you're, Jim, I agree with, with the mention of Jeffrey Schlupp. The thing with Jeffrey Schlupp is he's getting 70 minutes out of him and then he's calling it a day. Then he's getting Will Hughes to come on and do that left-hand side of the three job um, instead, which is, again, probably a good enough brief for Jeffrey Schlupp when he knows I've got to give 70 minutes and then, you know, then I know I'm going to go off. Um, and maybe that's Roy adapting to having five subs. I think when Roy was manager previously, I, I don't think he ever really used the five subs and he does already seem to be a bit more up to speed in terms of using his bench a little bit quicker. Um, certainly did on Sunday. So, Yeah. What a, what a, we don't need losers this week, Jim. No, uh, do you know what? I I don't think we're going to bother with losers because there, there aren't any. Um, just, Roy, just Ray shorts. Just Ray shorts. <laughs> yeah. Where are they, Ray? Come on. <laughs> uh, right. So we'll wrap up then uh, with a couple more puns. Here we go. Speaking of those players there, Odd Socks, Edward. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Uh, here's one that's got two. Nightcool O'Lacy. A bit, Ooh. Of a, bit of a stretch. Michael Olesi. Uh, or how about Olesi? Oh, yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I a... took as long as you did, Jack. That took makes... I was going down the Nigel Martin route. I was like, yeah. what? The... It makes yeah. him sound Irish. Makes him sound like an Irish player that we maybe once had. Uh, Yannick Bolacy as well. Nice. Um, nice. And here's nice. a few that are similar. Ray Wellington. I'm guessing that's Lewington. Uh, Martin Welly. Like that. Uh, oh, okay. or, or Doc Martin Kelly. Yeah. Uh, Okay. You know, you think of Nigel Doc Martins, Andrew Doc Martin, a lot of Martins at Palace. Um, Johnny Andrew Williams. Andrew Martin. Andrew Martin was, was that that centre half from Southampton? Andrew no, Martin. Centre forward. Andy Martin was a centre forward. That was Chris Martin. No, no you, oh you my God. Like, you're too young. Uh, admin oh, era. Oh, no. Oh, admin no, you're era. right. He had like uh, such a yeah. curly yeah. bob. Yeah. yeah. Andy Martin. You wore number 22. 
There we go. I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, Who's the, uh, oh, Aaron Martin. I'm sorry, I'm thinking Aaron Martin. Aaron Martin. See, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't. Oh, no, it would. Do- no, Aaron, Aaron Doc Martin. The streets um, won't forget Aaron Martin. John, Johnny, Johnny Williams. Okay. I'm thinking uh, Espadrilli Gilbert. Ooh, nice. nice. Old right. school. One nice. for the older heads. That is old school. Very nice. Uh, I'll end up another one for the older heads here, and then we'll go into uh, a few more in part four. Trevor Eilett. Uh, uh, patrons, if you pay next week, <laughs> you get to avoid all of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, they won't. I'll do more. I'll do them twice. Anyway, uh, let's take a break and come back with a uh, previewing sense of, away on Saturday. Welcome back to the Phone Lab Podcast. Port 468. Uh, uh, and it's time, so I was checking the time. Aaron, 10 minutes already. Bloody hell. Um, and uh, we're playing Saints away at the weekend. Uh, KC Spoon 11. Hello, KC. Uh, S- sponsor? Says, we are sponsored this week. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Live producing from Japanese. Uh, sponsored by our friends, of course, Eternity Home Finance. Um I feel like Josh and the gang there don't often get good results. So there we go. 5-1 win. Best result of the season for our, our friends at, at Eternity Home Finance. Um, from getting on the property ladder to planning retirement, email info at eternityhomefinance.com. Quote the code FYP for a free consultation. Uh, right. Casey Spoon says, look, I'll be modest in my question and just ask, will we ever lose again? <laughs> Possibly not. Um, and then Gordon, CPFC, said something that you said Amy, hey, early, uh, Amy. Uh, Amy, Amy, um, what happens? <laughs> bloody hell, it's, it's late. Uh, what happens if Palace get maximum points from the remaining fixtures? Then I don't know. We go on a European tour. I don't know what happens. I will. I will Absolutely. eat. A, I will eat a pair of old shoes. We will all get Hodgson tattoos. Yeah. Yes. No. Joe's gonna. No. Joe's gonna eat shoes. I'm not getting <laughs> <Yes>. a tattoo. <laughs> I'd happily get a Hodgson tattoo. It is very nice. It is very nice though in this current form to go. Brilliant! That's an excellent win, right? Who have we got next? And seeing the running and going, yeah. oh bloody hell! We've got Southampton away, Everton at home, Everton. Wolves, Wolves away, West Ham yeah. at home. You go, oh okay, yeah. yeah. Why not? Suddenly, I'm I'm looking at Chelsea, going, yeah, six points. We'll close that gap, no problem. Which, uh, which is <laughs> mad. I mean, mad that they probably are looking over their shoulder rather than up the table. Yeah. It, it is so, Amy. And like, obviously, we this has been an episode where we've been sort of we have been getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But like, when 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 can't you when you win five one away from home? Um, but if they get a result on Saturday against Southampton and, and really going into it, it, it's a very, it's a plum fixture really given their, their form. Um, can, we, can we actually enjoy the end of the season? It's been a while since it, I think we can sort of enjoy being a Palace fan. It feels like we are going to enjoy the end of the season, but I don't want to jinx that. I think the, the, the pessimist in me looks at it and thinks, look, this is a much bigger game for Southampton than it is for Palace. Um, it's their home game. They need three points. Like, it's a must win for them. Um, it's it's nothing for us, but you'd like to see that. Well, it's not nothing, but you know what I mean? It, I, it's not a must win at this stage for me. It's a should win. <laughs> it's not a must win. Um, we we sh- we're going to win it. Let's be honest. I think Jack said mentioned earlier. It, it, at first, I worried and thought, you know, they're in a dogfight, um, so that could catch us out. But 
that means they're going to come forward. They're going to try and score goals. They're going to try and win. And we could just pick them apart like we did Leeds. I think that's the that's the difference in a lot of these fixtures. A lot of these teams are fighting for their lives. And we could arguably just be having some fun. But um, let's 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 see how wrong or right that goes after the weekend. Well, it's it's nice actually, Jack, to be I mean, I agree with all of that. It's nice to be in a position where you can feel fairly confident. I mean, we are setting ourselves up now for an absolute tonking by Southampton. But but again, you know, if you're looking at the form table going into it and the way Palace played in that second half, I think you'd be you'd be a fairly cautious Palace fan not to be fairly not only optimistic but actually maybe quite excited yes I, I don't disagree with any of that but what just a comment about Southampton it, they're they're quite an odd bunch in that they're bottom of the league deservedly so they've they've been trashed throughout the 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 season before the World Cup after the World Cup they just haven't been good enough but they've got some players that you look at and you think yeah would like them would like them you know they, they've bought well in the sense that if they were blooding them you know, players like um, Lavia in midfield, uh, Mara, um, a few others they've got. Uh, that I think Pal- is his name Palacios, the Argentinian uh, kid that scored a couple, he scored a winner against Leicester a few weeks ago. They've got a few players that you think they should have bought them last summer, but be blooding them slowly but surely. But they're chucking them all in because they haven't got anything else. Yeah, they've got they've some got- really nice players. They've got Theo Theo Walcott other than... Yeah, exactly, exactly. At the other end of the spectrum, their best player, and this is, you know, shout out to Theo Walcott, he's actually been their best player for the past month. He's he's their biggest threat going forward, but that says it all, because they've got these nice players who are showing glimpses for 15, 20 minutes. Maybe similar to Michael Elisa at points last season in that, Mm. oh, there's clearly a talent there, but, you know, they're they're not going to keep you up. But there are players that you look at I think the goalkeeper is another one. Gavin Bazzuno, you might look at and think he could he could possibly do a job next season. They're a team to raid. They yeah. are perhaps a team to raid. Carl Walker Peters. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've got Liv, players. Liv, you think Livermento, who I know has been injured for a big chunk this season. I mean, yeah. we're we're definitely in the market for a right back. Let's be honest. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, you look at that. Um, and if you know if Gay goes in the summer. Who did Gargi Friedman try and sign for about 18 months? Armour Bella Kochap, who's their centre-back. Yeah, so, oh, sorry, he's the other obvious one. Yeah, Bella Kochap is the other one they bought last summer, who, again, should perhaps be ending this season having played 10 to 15 games, but he's probably going to finish the season playing 25 to 30. It's just yeah. not a very well-balanced... It's good recruitment, but it's not a very well-balanced kind of implementation of these yeah. players. But my fear of going into this this Sunday... Uh, this, oh, my God, I can't get my days right today. This Saturday is that... They need this win so bad, I could see us picking them off three or four, to be quite honest, or I could see them walloping us three nil. <laughs> I, I think if everything clicks for them, because it has to, we very well could very well be on the end of a bit of a beating. But that said, I'm of the same opinion that we could be picking them off quite comfortably come the second half with the quality that we have going forward. But this really is probably do or die for Southampton come Saturday. I think yeah. if, if they end Saturday afternoon, um, Having not won, I think I don't even think a point's really good enough for them. Given the rest of their fixtures, I think Southampton fans will be leaving uh, St Mary's quite disconsolate because I think Saturday presents itself as one of the only real opportunities they've got to get three points between now and the end of the season. Yeah, is it mad that for two teams that have relatively struggled for goals in you know for big chunks of this season, there's not a chance of that being a nil-nil, is there? Not a chance. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. It can't be for it can't be for them really. I mean, I, I said before the game against Leeds last week, it's a must not lose. And I, I I felt that was the key for us because when you're playing these so-called six pointers, 
you know, the key is to to not be overtaken. And and again, we haven't said yet, but we finished the game week twelve again. It's just it's just ours. <laughs> just back off everyone else, all right? <laughs> just leave it alone. And again, you know, given the the chance of, of a victory this weekend, we could end another game week twelve, regardless of what anyone else does, which is just crazy. But I just think um Southampton could present a challenge, but I do think we've got got the quality. And and all of a sudden, as you say, Joe, not scoring goals isn't as much of a concern as it was even just two games ago, which is, is how quickly football moves. Hmm. Yeah, and that's, and that's even if we even if Saints come out and do put in a you know a a, a big performance that they need, then we come away with nothing. I, that six points we've had has been so big. I wouldn't even feel that disappointed given the run in and given what we've seen over the last two two games as well. So. Quite a nice position to be in. Uh, another nice position for me to be in is to give you my final group of true puns. Has anyone got any to add? Joe, do you have any to add in? Oh, no, I only had that one. <laughs> okay. It was good. I liked it a lot. I've got a very similar one here. Esper Brule Glazier. Okay. Better. Uh, here's the last few. Herman Herslyderson. Nice. Wow. Jeff- Jeffrey Schlappons. Oh, okay. Carl uh, Sketcher. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah, and then the final few here are slight variations. One size fits all, obviously. Classic. Yeah. And yeah. then the manager apparently would be Stevie Cobbler. Okay. Or Stevie Toe Capel. Jim, just check in for myself and for about ninety three percent of patrons, um, and in fact all listeners. Is this a feature for next week as well? Just checking, just seeing where we're at with uh, this. It might be. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. cool Who cool. knows. Uh, depends how many tweets we get. No, it won't be. I can just confirm. The final one, final pun, is that the the anthem would, of course, be Glad or Loafer. Yes. Okay. Nice. Thanks strong for saving finish. that one. It's yeah, strong finish. That. Thank God that's over. Thanks for everyone sending those in. Uh, or not. Who knows? Anyway, thank you to the three of you for joining <laughs> me this week. Uh, what a lovely pod. And uh, it was great to chat to you, especially after that win. Uh, patrons will get a post-match pod from Southampton. Jack, I think you you and me will be on that. Uh, potentially JD Senior. Potentially Selzy. Oh, Who knows? The whole gang. Oh, my God. Get the band back together. My Lord. Yeah, indeed. Should be a good one. Uh, and then we'll be back next week to review that game on the main pod. Just uh, leave us to say thanks for listening. Um, and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. Podcast Network.